Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. They were reading Lions in the Barn by Virginia Francis Voigt. Chapter 7. Through the Hoop. Clay could hear the girls chattering up in the yard near the house. They sounded like a flock of starlings. He hoped they wouldn't come bothering him with questions about the animals. Just for this morning, he wanted to be alone with Chaka and the others. He finished the morning chores by sweeping the floor and opening the windows on the sunny side. But with all his fussing about the barn, he never noticed that the door to Chaka's cage was not really closed. The leopard kittens woke up and started a fight. Their hisses, snarls, and scuffling disturbed Sultan. The big tiger rose and stretched lazily, his rich stripes rippling over his muscles. Chaka whined to be let out for a romp. You wait till Joe gets back. Chaka reared his tawny length against the cage bars and answered with a roar that sounded to Clay's startled ears as deep as the roar of Jupiter, the black-maned lion. Clay suddenly realized how much the lion cub had grown during the winter. Chaka was bursting with energy and power, and his paws didn't get look clumsy any longer. Clay looked at him fondly. "'You'll be the king of the circus when you get on the road.' Misery returned as he thought of all the boys who would be standing before this cage next summer, staring at Chaka at faraway places. But none of these fellers dare scratch your ears like this, he whispered, putting his hand through the bars to touch the young lion's massive head. Clay now remembered a big hoop he had wound with bright red and blue paper as a farewell gift to Joe. It was back up at the back porch. There were still a few ends of paper to be fastened. He decided to bring the hoop here to the barn and finish it with Chaka for company. Chaka roared again when he saw his playmate leaving him. He dropped to all fours and padded over to sniff at the cage door. Then he reached up a paw and shook the door impatiently. The carelessly closed latch fell free, and the jaw came ajar. Chaka quickly pushed it open with his head and squeezed the rest of himself through before it could close again. He went straight to the open outside door where he had seen Clay disappear. In the doorway, he paused a little uncertainly to look around. He had been shut inside this dim old barn ever since the day of his arrival here months before. The outside world looked strange to him, but inviting. He sniffed the air with its many inviting smells. Voices and laughter sounded somewhere in the distance. Chaka bounded out into the sunshine and ran lightheartedly toward the voices. Up at the house, Clay was starting back to the barn with the hoop in his hand. He reached the lane just in time to see Chaka lope out of sight toward the front yard. Clay was so surprised that for a brief moment he just stood still, staring. Golly, he thought aloud, Emily and her friends! He leaped the stone wall bordering the lane and ran as hard as he could for the front yard. What would he do when he got there? Grab Chaka by the tail, he thought frantically, or what? Meanwhile, Emily and her guests were playing beanbag. The girl, who had just caught the chunky calico-covered bag, paused with it in her hand. Is that your dog, Emily? What a funny tail he's got. Emily turned to look. Her lips popped open in an O of alarm. Her body froze still. 
that's not a dog, Katie. Her voice sounded tight and sort of squeaky. It's one of the circus lions. Katie dropped the beanbag. Chaka pounced upon the bag as though it were his ball. He tossed it in the air and caught it in his teeth when it came down. He pranced and tossed it up again. This time, when it came down, the beans spilled out of a torn place, and some of them slid down his nose. Puzzled and interested, Chaka sniffed at them. Soon his teeth and claws ripped the beanbag to shreds. This took but a few moments, and all the while the white-faced girl stood staring at Chaka, spellbound. Clay forced himself to come the last part of the way at a walk. Chaka was in a playful mood now, but if one were crazy enough to go rushing up to him, or if the girl should start to screech and run, there was no telling what might happen. Clay tried to make his voice sound everyday and unafraid. All of you stand perfectly still. Chaka won't hurt anyone if you all stand still. The girls stood where they were. No one screamed. One girl clapped a hand over her mouth. Clay was grateful for one thing. Pa had turned the sheep out on their summer range yesterday, and Rusty had gone along to the hillside pasture in charge of the flock. Any interference from a dog at this point would mess things up badly. Clay walked toward the cub. You, Chaka, you weren't invited to this party. Chaka bumbled over to his friend with a tatter of beanbags dangling from his mouth. The girls watched breathless. What'll I do now? Clay thought desperately, then realized he was still holding the hoop. As long as you're here, Chaka, you may as well show what you can do, he said, trying to sound jolly. Chaka padded about joyously. But would he obey without Joe being there? Freedom was making the cub frisky. Clay wished worriedly that he had brought the buggy whip. A blue jay swooped down and snatched one of the spilled beans right out from under Chaka's nose. Angry fire blazed up in the young lion's eyes. His broad nose wrinkled. His lip quivered in the beginning of a snarl. He stood on his hind legs to bat a paw at the jaybird as it flew away. Then he dropped to earth again and looked at the girls angrily. The cheeky bluebird had surprised and upset him. And lions don't like to be surprised, thought Clay. Hastily, Clay held out the hoop. Jump, Chaka. Chaka still kept watching the girls bayfully. Clay thumped the hoop to get his attention, and it worked. Quickly, as if he had been reminded of some fun, he turned toward Clay. This was a familiar game that Chaka liked. He crouched down. His yellow eyes held a more friendly gleam. Jump, Chaka. Clay snapped his fingers in lieu of the whip. Chaka lifted himself off the ground and made a beautiful jump right through the hoop. Clay took a few steps backward in the direction of the barn. Again! Chaka ran in a little circle and then sailed through the hoop once more. They did this three times, and each time Clay took the lion nearer to the barn and farther from the wide-eyed girls. But with the third leap, Shaka's hoop act was ended, except for playing dead. They were now at the barn door, but Clay did not try to push the lion in and shut the door. He knew it would be better to finish the act, which is what Chaka expected. Clay tapped the ground with a hoop. Play dead, Chaka. Chaka lay down on his back with all four feet in the air. Oh, a ripple of pleasure passed from girl to girl. Chaka did not stir. But trouble still loomed ahead, Clay knew, if he should now fail to persuade Chaka to return to his cage. Clay gave the girls a warning glance and then whispered to Chaka, 
Good lion. That meant the act was over. Chaka got up and looked at Clay expectantly. Clay put his hand on the cub's neck and urged him toward his cage. Time for catnip, Chaka. Catnip was a word Chaka loved, and he knew it was always given to him in his cage after he had done his tricks. He walked soft-footed beside Clay, as eager as a little boy after a lollipop. Catnip, Chaka, Clay whispered again. Chaka padded faster and trotted over to his cage. There, he waited for Clay to come and open the door, which Clay did as calmly as he could. Once Chaka was inside his cage, Clay moved swiftly, making certain this time that the latch was closed. Then he sagged against the bars and drew his arm across his wet forehood. Chapter 8. The Cages Roll After a moment, Clay became aware of a gentle push on his back. A broad nose nudged between the cage bars, reminding him that something had been forgotten. "'Gosh, Chaka, I'm sorry,' said Clay, turning around. He hurried to the shelf where the catnip was kept and brought Chaka an extra-large sprig. Contented purring came from the young lion as he nuzzled the tasty leaves. Clay leaned against the cage, watching him. Inside him, a feeling of uneasiness was growing. What would Joe say when he heard what had happened while he was away?' Clay had a nagging suspicion that it hadn't been an accident that Chaka had gotten out of the cage. He remembered taking the cub his water that morning, and now he remembered too that he hadn't looked to see that the catch was safely in place when he left the cage. Joe sure wouldn't have much use for him after he heard about this. And now Joe surely would never come back to High Ridge Farm with what such careless goings on here. No, he'd never come back even if he failed to get that elephant barn over in New York State. After the cages roll away, Clay told himself, I'll never get to see Chaka again. But maybe Joe wouldn't have to know. Ma hadn't seen anything. She had been busy in the kitchen on the other side of the house, frosting cakes for the party. Maybe he could make those girls promise to keep their mouths shut. He started for the door. But before he reached it, he heard Joe's rollicking whistle outside. The next moment, the animal trainer strode into the shed. Clay suddenly stopped short in the middle of the room. After one sharp glance at him, Joe demanded, Anything wrong? Clay felt there must be an awfully guilty look on his face. And then he found himself telling what had happened, just the thing he had wanted kept secret. Chaka got out while I was up at the house. He flushed and swallowed hard. It was my own fault. I didn't look twice to check the catch on his cage door like you always told me to do. Someone could have been clawed bad, and I would have been for blame. His voice broke. All the fear he hadn't dare show while there was danger of Chaka hurting someone was coming out now. Joe's sharp glance swept from Chaka, safe in his cage, back to Clay. Steady there, he said evenly. I want the rest of the story. What happened after Chaka got out? Clay poured out the whole story, everything that had happened. All the while, he was painfully conscious of Joe's grave face and watchful eyes. They gave him a mighty uncomfortable feeling inside. There is no excuse for carelessness, Joe said quietly when Clay had finished. Like I told you, an animal man has the chance to be careless only once. Joe's dark eyes went past Clay to the cages where his big cats were watching the two human critters as they talked so seriously. Sultan was pacing to and fro. Chaka and the leopards sat up alertly on their haunches. 
Queen was stretched out on her side, calm and beautiful, and Jupiter looked like the statue of a lion as he lay with his noble head resting on his two paws. Only once, Joe repeated. Clay pulled in a deep breath. Guess I was just lucky this time, he said. Lucky nobody got hurt, that is. He felt wretchedly unlucky in every other way. I suppose you'll take the elephant barn next winter if you can get it. I can get it if I want it, Clay, Joe said gently. Just had word in this afternoon's mail. But I'm not going to take it. You know why? Because I like High Ridge Farm better. A good helper like you is pretty hard to find, too. Gosh, Joe, do you mean it? Joe moved his head up and down thoughtfully. Clay could still hardly believe it. But don't you think Ma and Pa will maybe change their minds after this? And won't let me help you anymore? Now, don't you go worrying about that, Joe said, coming over and giving him a friendly clip on the shoulder. I'll convince them that you're ten times safer now than as if this had never happened. I guess you'll never forget anything that important again. Clay shook his head slowly and whistled. No, you bet I won't, he said. You showed quick thinking and courage in the way you handled that young lion, and you've proved that you've got the makings of a fine animal man. Joe patted his arm and walked off. Clay heard these words almost as if he was in a dream. As soon as Joe was out of the barn, Clay felt as though he had burst out laughing or crying if he didn't do something quick. He did three handsprings around the barn and ended by leaping up to grab one of the low rafters with both hands and then swinging for a turn-through flip in the air. Next morning, as the wagons were leaving, he and Emily rode with Joe on one of them as far as the school. All the kids swarmed around. That's Chaka, Emily told them. He's Clay's trained pet. That's sure a fact, Joe said. And what's more, Chaka's going to be my star performer. The big cub lay happily sprawled on his back, with a sprig of catnip dangled on one claw. As Joe reached down to shake hands goodbye, he said, Just think how glad Chaka and I'll be to see you folks again next fall. That was what Clay did think as they drove off, and he felt happy every time he thought of it through the many months that followed. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Visit our website at www.enchantedlibrary.net to see our past books or to connect with us on Facebook. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.